Dago, balls, hair removal, manscaped, twenty percent off, free shipping. Let's start the show. Go! Come on! That was that was start. my favorite one. Let's go! All right, press the button. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. S-D-P-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. If you're a Rangers fan and you didn't take my advice last night and and yell fucking Andre Palat at the screen, I told you. Told you. Man. Andre Palat was the offense for the Tampa Bay Lightning yesterday. Here, let me just let me just do this real quick. Okay, you got rid of the tissue box. That's yeah, good. Yeah, because I'm, I'm over it. You're I'm, over what? I'm over the cough. I'm well, you have that. a cough. You're not over it. No, I'm over it. No, I've decided I don't have it you anymore. You can't will it away. No. Yes, I can. I'm taking the example of society, and yes, I can wish a cough away. It's gone. I can't wish Andre Pilat away. No, you can't. One goal, two assists. I just, you know, it's, I'm glad we're starting on the series because I just wanted to remark on how good the Tampa Bay Lightning are now that they're trying. <laughs> no, you know, man, no. they sit back and they look, at, they analyze you, and then they find you, and then you've been seen. Tampa wins best of three series. Tampa does not specialize in, like, you wonder why uh, in the first three to four games, they look so human. Yeah. I, like, I'm amazed the Leafs, the, you know what? The Leafs should be proud. They won a game five. They're sizing Tampa. you up. They won a game five. They did win a five, yeah. Against Tampa, but it's, no one's ever been able to win two of three against Tampa. And Rangers fans are like, what are you talking about? We were up two games to one after three. No, no, not those three. No one cares about those three. Those three don't matter. The Leafs have beaten plenty of teams. Those for, those first three. Are we going off that now? Oh, they're in. The, I, I'm so glad that the Leafs are on their way to the Stanley Cup final. Nope. Nope. Tampa, man. Tampa, you're so right. They size you up. They figure you out. They fuck you up. The idea that Tampa started trying after game three is like a correct assessment because all of the numbers <laughs> back it up. So, so the, the giveaways by the New York Rangers in uh, by the Tampa Bay Lightning in games one and two. 28 in game one, 22 in game two. Games three and four, six and nine. Man. They clamp down. Uh, they haven't allowed a goal at five on five since game two. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> they, they literally said, oh, shit, we're down 2-0, like, let's turn it on, and they've turned on their defense, and it's been incredible to See, watch. I always feel, I always feel like, maybe, maybe game one against the Leafs and Rangers aside, they're always in it, but, but they're just, they're, they're kind of testing you, like, okay, all right, they're a boxer that can take a couple punches. One all right? damn goal, I'm so... <laughs> and you know... It's going to haunt me the, all summer. The Rangers. The Rangers were, what, half a period away from going up three to nothing Shoot in the series? Two nothing. two nothing lead and they blew it. That's, that's, what, what, we, mean, that's what we harp on the Leafs for. All of their 2-0 leads versus Tampa in that series. And the Rangers had the exact same situ situation and they didn't put them away. Now, here's the good news, 
right? So they were up 2-0. It's 2-2. That's the bad news. It's a best of three. That's also the bad news because your opponent is Tampa. 2-3 at home, Madison Square Garden. That goes in the favor of the Rangers. They play really well there. Igor Shosturkin. They still got all the magical players. They just got to continue to be magical. They can do it. Mm -hmm. Lots of teams in Tampa's way over the years could have done it. Tampa are favored, by the way. Uh, yeah, that's, that's their so favorite weird. I wonder at, why. At sports interaction. They're favored. I wonder why. To win to, uh, tomorrow? To win yeah. tomorrow. Wow. And the, the Igor splits home and away are, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but the, his splits home and away are pretty staggering because I think really? there's a there's a 30 point uh, difference in his save percentage. I think he's at a 906 uh, versus at like a 930-ish uh, yeah, in, uh, well, in save percentage home and away. Good news. There's a difference. Good news. Yeah. Good news. That's... Yep, that means... Oh, fuck. No, you know what that means. <laughs> Rangers win game five. Tampa clamps it down, wins game six. And you're like, guess what? We're going back home. Igor's going to win, and Vasilevsky's the better goalie again. Lightning win game seven. I've seen this fucking movie before. I hate that fucking team. They're so good. They're so good. Listen, I, I as a neutral observer, I can get behind both things. I can get behind greatness. Like the the greatness of the Lightning making it to three straight finals, going for the three peat, uh, the first Capira, the first true Capira dynasty, or I could get behind the scrappy Rangers, friggin' finally knocking Breaking the through. Lightning off their pedestal. Yeah, I can I can get behind both. Both will be. I I think it's I think it's good that we are guaranteed an exciting Stanley Cup final. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. you're not yeah. always. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's going to be high octane, high flying, fun, no matter who the avalanche play. What do you guys, what do you guys think of uh, John Cooper? Because I think he's easily now the best coach in the world. And his personality, he's been kind of showcasing it these playoffs. He was yeah. on pregame uh, before last night's game with the panel on Sportsnet. And he just did like a fun little interview about like uh, when Tampa felt they were down uh, previously in their playoff runs. And he talked about uh, the Islanders game where they were running 7-11 and 11, and yep. then they had a big goal and come back and then they forced overtime and he had a giant fist bump on the bench. <laughs> and he talked about that moment. I was like, this is so cool. Just a coach showcasing his personality and doing a fun interview. And I love John Cooper now. He's he's had funny moments before, like he pretended to be a reporter and interview Stephen Stamkos. Yeah. And he's done. He's a he's a, although I've heard that he's a really fucking tough coach. Like, yeah, it, yeah, I, I believe that. I believe that. I don't know what he's like on the day to day. We don't know. We very know very little often until the coach is fired of what the day to day is actually like. Mm -hmm. Like, how much do we know about Babs until Babs left? And then we're like, holy crap, we yeah, know too much shit. about Babs. There's I think there's something there with John Cooper. I think there's something there because. For how fun he is, there is a real lack of coverage with him. And we're like, ah, Daryl Sutter with his one-liners that are unintentionally funny. And his fucking built chest. Just he ex is exploding out of every shirt that he's in. That, with that one flame shirt that had the V, yeah. he knew what he was doing. He did. He knew what he I was can, doing. I can see his nipples from here. I'm here for the Daryl Sutter thirst traps. <laughs> yeah. That's a daddy right there. Yeah. That's cut, a daddy. Cut that hay, Daryl. <laughs> Daryl daddy. I knew, he knew what he was doing. Um, um, where were we going John Cooper. You're John Cooper. Um, I don't know why. Every time I see him, I feel like he's... John Arbuckle in a live action Garfield. Like it, 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 it's don't just, get that reference. 
You don't know who John Arbuckle is? Never heard of him. <laughs> you don't know who John Arbuckle is? I don't, I don't, don't know, know who that is. The guy one. who owns Garfield the Cat. Okay, I never knew that was his name. You never knew that was... I didn't know it was his name either. Yeah. What? That's a very specific reference, and you just kind of threw it out there like everybody would understand. For one of the most yeah. famous characters. I know who Garfield is, and he has a, like a dad. Yeah. But I didn't know... Am I the only one? His name. Adam, know. you didn't know either. I know Odie. Ah, yes, Odie. Love Odie. You knew Odie, but not John. Well, Odie's is is like partner in crime, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I never understood Garfield's point, though. Like, is it just that he's a fat cat and he's lazy? Like, Like lasagna. Where where are we going with this? I feel like it's like Family Circus. What is this? Yeah. Those comics. Oh, and that one. They gaslit society into thinking they're funny. Like, yeah. I don't know. You were you were trying to make a point about Family Circus is like, oh my god, the dog walked in and did something crazy. Wow. I'm so thrown off by the fact you didn't know who John Arbuckle was. Okay, let me ask you guys this. Let me ask you guys this. Okay. So here are the three teams that can win the Stanley Cup. Okay. We got the Avs, we got the Lightning. We got the Avs, we got the Lightning, we got the Rangers. Okay. Because the Lightning and Rangers are still playing, their odds are far lower. Okay. Right. But you could get good value on one of the two of them if it hits. Mm-hmm. Who are you taking to win the Stanley Cup right now if you had to bet? And I just want to, I'll give you the decimal points here. Sports interaction. A 1.56 for Colorado because they're in. A 3.37 for Tampa. And a 6.32 for New York. Wow. Now, now if the New York hits, it's killer. And I wonder what the Rangers would look like up against the Avs, although I think it's going to be the Lightning in against the Avs. You should take the Rangers here, and I'll tell you why. I'm about to give the Lightning the kiss of death, because I think they're going to win the Cup. Oh. Somebody isolate this. Kiss of death. I think it's Colorado's year. You do? Yeah. I think they're too good. It's Dallas's year, too. What? And it's also, uh, who did the Lightning play last year? It's the Habs. Yeah, it's their year. Who? The Islanders beat them this time. Everyone always what thinks... What are you talking about the Habs? They, they played them in the final. Okay. Oh, you're talking about the Lightning. I thought you were talking about the Abs. No. Oh, okay. no, no. So let me ask you this. <laughs> Who is the highest ranking non-goalie? For the Consmite. For the Consmite. Highest ranking right non-goalie. Kale McCarr. Easily Kale McCarr. No, no, sorry. Not... Sorry, on the Rangers. Oh. The highest <laughs> ranking non-goalie Rangers. Kreider? Zabinajad. Zabinajad. And Jesse is correct, but Ooh. check out the odds here. My boy, Mika. A 26.89. If the Rangers win the cup, Zabitajad's got to be up there, but Shesterkin is obviously yeah. the highest rated. Even so, at an 8.85, that's solid. Those are solid odds. Solid. Yeah. It's yeah. a value pick, right? What do you lo- you've yeah. lose? Well, right? there's going to be... So we talked about how the final is going to be fun. Yes. There's going to be goal scoring. Yes. Kemper and Franzos are both capable goalies, but yes. you can beat them. Yes. Mm. Mm. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay, so so um, obviously the other thing that's kind of playing into the last three games of the series, and I'm not sure if this if this helps Steve's narrative about, I don't think it's a narrative. It, it's the truth. Tampa wins best of threes at the end of the series. Yep. Braden Point is skating and potentially coming back, whereas uh, Schertle and Strom are day-to-day. Um, so the Rangers are getting less healthy. The Lightning are getting more healthy as this continues. That's going to be very interesting. I don't know where you... This isn't even their final form. It's not fair. No, it's not. It's not fair. I mean, they've earned it, so it's sort of fair. Mm -hmm. 
But you yeah. know what's also not fair? Zach Bogosian walking Ryan Reeves. What is up with that? <laughs> what is up with that? Yeah, that's not fair. And then you got Patty Maroon just cleaning up uh, the mess. Like guy who doesn't play every day. <laughs> Walking one of the best, of, like, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's I, when you can just whip that out f- three minutes into a game. Like, it's a little unfair. Wait, Bogosian walked Reeves. Yeah, yeah, last night, and it Dude. led directly to a goal. I know, like, listen, I know, I know yeah, Reeves I is, I know Reeves isn't the best defensive player. But if you were gonna put a one-on-one battle that wasn't a fight between Bogosian and Reeves, who are you giving it to? Well, there were some guys. Y- you know what, like. We've been doing this podcast since sort of, sort of the beginning of like the analytics war in hockey. Hockey analytics started basically in 2007. Okay. I'm just watching the play now for the first time. So we're coming up, we're coming up to the side. Uh, Bogosian receives the pass at the blue line. Goes right around Ryan Reeves. Oh, dangles in front. Oh, dear. Pat Maroon cleans it up. Goal, lightning. Yeah, that's a... (laughs) Ew. That's a tough one. It's Um, dirty. So, Hockey Analytics kind of started in 2007. Then the real, like, war started. I want to say 2012 or 2013. Mm -hmm. Battling back and forth. And over the years, there were some guys who got hammered in the analytics war who we overcorrected on. And Zach Bogosian was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Still found value. Luke Shen's another one. Luke Shen is another one. Still yeah. value. That's a useful player. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just probably the reason that the, the overcorrection happened is first off, there, the overcorrection is like most of them were right. There yeah, was the, oh yeah. They are the exceptions, not the rule. And number two, I think the roles they were drafted for and were used in. Both were drafted high round picks, mm-hmm. high first round picks, I believe. Wasn't Bogosian a top five or something? Bogosian, top ten? I th- he was three or four, either ahead of or right after Petrangelo. Because everybody was, was looking, right after them. Everybody was like, we're looking for the next Chris Pronger. We're looking for the next Chris yep. Pronger. We're looking for the next Chris Pronger. That was Pronger. an unreal crop because it was, it was Tavares number one. And I'll, then the defensemen were here. Just I'll give read. it to you. It's uh, not Tavares. Stamkos. Oh, oh that's 08. Oh, Bogosian was 08. So it goes Stamkos, oh, right. Doughty, Bogosian, Petrangelo, Shen, uh, Filatov, Colin Wilson. We kind of. It, it falls off hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those, yeah. Uh, that top but five that, is something. That five is Shen, uh, Petro, Bogosian, Doughty, Stamkos. It's not bad. Hugely anticipated draft. I think. I, I think though, it's that like the reason those guys survived is they were still good hockey players, but their analytics looked terrible based on the roles they were being played in. You know, yeah. the Leafs saw him, saw Shen. They're like, "There's our Chris Pronger." Well, and I, then he, and then and then the next year they're like, "He's not our Chris Pronger. Let's trade him for JVR," I, which was a good trade, dude. I watched him. It was a good trade. I watched him in his rookie year, and I was like, "Well, the good news is he's the Leafs' best defenseman." That's huh. also the bad news. Yes. <laughs> I did not remember that Bogosian was drafted by Atlanta. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't remember that. And I think he was a Jet for a while, and then yeah. I think he was traded with Evander Kane, was he not? Mm, don't. To Buffalo? Yeah, that would make sense, because he was in Buffalo. That would make sense. I don't know if it's true, but it would make sense. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something. Ben Chirot's kind of another guy who gets into that category. Yeah. All the outrage that happened over him getting a first round pick to go to Florida, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's like, okay, that's that's far too much. 
That's mm. way too much for Ben Chirot, but he's useful. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, yeah, you can use him. In certain and sometimes situations. the price is the price. Yeah. Like, you don't set the market. Like, if that's what you need to pay to get this thing, and if you think that's going to put you over the hump if you're in Florida, you, but you pay would, it. You would listen to the argument when it comes to Chirot that there could have been better options to go with. Of course. Right? Of course. 100%. Or even better options that are cheaper. Now, I get that Toronto had a bit of a an upper hand because because Gio wanted to be here. So that's an unfair move yeah, to that's, say that's different because that was a second round pick and ball and and, and dubas could just say uh francis could say well i want a second or a first rounder and dubas goes too bad i'm giving you a second mm-hmm. right that can happen right seattle should have worked a conditional in there like if geo resigns which we all knew he was going to then i think that dubas more. just says no we'll wait to resign him in the offseason well that was probably it right yeah, you're probably so right. you got you've got that sort of leverage but i i'll listen to the argument that the panthers didn't actually need to pay that much for him they could have paid that much and probably gotten more, but they felt like with what Sherratt brings, and I I mean, listen, am I a huge fan of Ben Sherratt's uh, regular season game? No. But man, I saw what he did to the Leafs forwards in front of the net last last year in a seven-game playoff Beat series. the shit of him. Yeah. And he did it all the way through the playoffs while his limbs were literally falling off his body. Mm-hmm. Um, like so, everyone. You know, and, and Florida, I think, wanted to have a really deep run, and they knew they were probably going to go up against Tampa at some point. Mm-hmm. And that was the guy that was supposed to stop the, the Tampa forwards from running rough shot. You but. can spend a fifth on Ben Hutton and he doesn't even get in your friggin' lineup or you could spend <laughs> a first on a guy that's going to play every night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like, listen, what Tampa paid to get Barclay Goodrow and Blake Coleman was asinine. Asinine. They won two cups. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and, and everybody liked that line. And look at the contracts Coleman and Goodrow got after that. Yep. And, and look I, at that. Well, Coleman's on a first place team in the, in the West and Goodrow's still in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there's no situation where it makes sense to sign either deal. They're both still there. Pretty ar- hard to argue. Well, it's, Coleman's not there, but. Well, do you, well, Coleman, they won the division and they made it to the second round, which I count as good. Um, <laughs> wonder why. <laughs> Man, I, I can't understand why you set the bar so low. Yeah. Steve. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. We're not good at limbo in Toronto. Yeah, oh, shit. Well, we want to get to something else. Edmonton's out despite the fact that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl combined for 65 points in the playoffs. Six, no. 65. Oh, yeah, it was. Sorry. Fuck. It was 65 points. 16 no. games. <laughs> I've had a tough couple days. It's okay. You're tired. Sake. You're tired. I mean, well, listen. Th- you know what? Mm. It's, it's not their fault that Miko Lettinen finished them off. Oh, so, what happened? What happened on your live stream? Tell us that. Why was it the worst moment of your life? So. Well, it's a nightmare, nightmare fuel <laughs> scenario, and I'm going to think about it every stream going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm calling game four. It's uh, it's Overtime. ridiculous. It's 3-1 heading into the third. There's a billion goals. It's 5-5 heading into OT. And I know the OT winner is going to be a big one. Because either Edmonton gets themselves back into the series and they score a playoff overtime winner at home, huge, or the Colorado Avalanche advance to the Stanley Cup final. And there's a rebound in front. There's a goal. And I say, there it is. The Avalanche are off to the Stanley Cup final. Miko Lettinen. Ooh. 
former leaf. And you see it in my face. I'm like, Miko Letnin? I haven't, like, okay, yes, he was a former leaf for approximately five minutes. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, like, you wait longer in a line at Pearson Airport than you, than Miko Letnin was a leaf. And I haven't thought of Miko Letnin for at very least months. I don't think I've said his name for a year. I remember being excited about him. I remember being excited about him. Dude played nine games, Jesse just brought it up, as a Leaf. Nine games as a Leaf, and then also with Columbus that season. He, only uh, 26 career NHL games. So it's got nothing to do with me being a Leafs guy. Uh, I, I've called... <laughs> no, dude, I've called four series mm -hmm. with Arturi Lekkanen in it. Mm-hmm. Arturi Lekkanen, who's the actual goal scorer because he's on the fucking avalanche. Um, for, and another, another thing, people kept calling this my Kasperi captain moment <laughs> because when Austin Matthews scored the game four winner against Columbus, Jim Houston accidentally said Kasperi Kapanen. At least Kapanen was on the Leafs. And he was coming onto the ice. Yes, and he like, was coming onto he, the ice. That that call that Houston made, he made it because he he couldn't see who shot the puck. Yes. And he just guessed in the moment because he didn't want to not do a call. My, and Kapanen was right there. My brain just <laughs> overrode the correct answer <laughs> and gave me the wrong one. And I don't know why. But I've called four series with Arturi Lekin in it. I, I did uh, Leafs-Habs last year. I skipped Habs Jets, but then I did Habs Vegas and I did Habs Lightning. And now this year I've done Oilers Avalanche. So that's, I don't know, over a dozen games with Arturi Lekin and not including regular season games that he's been in. It's the second straight year I've called a game where he sent his team to the Stanley Cup final with an overtime winner. And I just, I just fucked it up. Have you gone back and watched the call from last year's semifinals? No. Where you haven't. What you my my your call? call? Did you say Arturi Lekkinen? I that? hope so. Okay, so you haven't now gone I'm back and sure. checked that. No, <laughs> oh, Jesse. See, you're you're not used to this. When you make a on camera fuck up, you are not eager to rewatch it. No, not you're at not all. eager to rewatch anything of yours. Oh, I'm aware. I fucked up. <laughs> Don't pretend like <laughs> I have fucked up many times uh, on this show. Oh, well. That <laughs> but now we're on the Jesse Blake Sports Report. Yeah. No, that's, that's it's not old enough no to have too many fucks up. Out this no week on no one one, especially um, with a name like that. Yeah, stupid. How was the reaction online? Because uh, somebody posted, somebody obviously clipped it as soon as you called him Miko Lettinen, and then there was a million quote tweets. Instantly. And Instantly. what was the reaction like? So what I was expecting was a, a, a flood. An absolute typhoon of get this fucking idiot Leafs fan off of these streams. And I did get a small handful of those. But for the most part, it was like, Steve, this is why I love you. That's hilarious. Don't worry about it, man. You're, you're going to be fine. And that that's was, really nice. That was nice. That was heartening. But I, oh, man. You know, we had two hot mic incidents during that series where they accidentally left my mic up. And one of them was, I go, look at that. And another was... And it became a TikTok sound. Yeah. And it became a TikTok sound. <laughs> Is, are people using it? Oh, yeah. Oh, incredible. And then the second was, uh, I go, sorry, guys. Because I was coughing my brains out. Uh, yeah, like that. Sorry, guys. And uh, uh, and so we had to break, and I, was, I just wanted to apologize to everyone. And sure enough, it got out there. And there was two different producers who like left my mic up and all series long they were like oh my god 
oh my god, I can't believe I did that. That's so embarrassing. And nothing they do for the rest of the playoffs will talk. Get fucking up. The series winning goal. Ah! I and I really did start to think I was getting good at it. Mm. I, <laughs> I was I was like, you know what? I'm good. I make exciting calls. I think what happens is that I fucked up. <laughs> um, you got you know, it's like it's like that Star Wars line. It's great, kid. Don't get cocky. I got cocky. You got a little cocky. I got or in the cocky. Family Guy. It's like that's great, kid. Don't get penisy. <laughs> Have you seen that? The oh. Family Guy Star Wars. They they do like a full. They did the full trilogy and mm. they parody the whole movie. Oh no! It's I awesome. Seen that. It's so good. But that's one of the lines in it. Well, so good. I, but you know uh, what, Steve? Oh man, mistakes are okay. Mistakes are okay. But here's my question. It's a bad one though. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers have got a very interesting summer. Like most of the major players are locked up and Darnell Nurse's extension kicks in. Um, I, obviously the big question is going to be Evander Kane. You know, or does he come back? He said after the, uh, he said after this series that it was the best organization he'd ever played for. Uh, shot, 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 shot. Uh, he said, he said all the right things. Um, all the players were like, you know, he came in, he did what he wanted or did what he wanted. He did what, you know, the team asked. He was a team guy first. Um, yeah, that, you know, they'd want, what it, Connor McDavid, who just looked sour, uh, was like, as opposed to what? As yeah, he should. Yeah. 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 And no, but he was, he was, you could tell, man, but that course. loss fucking bothered him. Of course. Um, and I wasn't, yeah, that wasn't a shot at Connor McDavid. It's like, fuck, it sucks. Yeah. But he's, you know, I don't think you're going to get a Vander Kane at $1 million next year. So, no, no, he's such a anyone who thinks they have a read on his market value, I think, is lying. I think it's higher than you think. And the important given what's thing, going on, and, and listen, I, I'm with you on, on the whole thing about I'd, I'd be weary to sign a guy like that, but but he also currently leads the playoffs in goal score. Yeah, and Jesse, so, what were you gonna say? The important thing about his contract before we get into like where would he sign, an arbitrator still has to rule on it, and that he could be a San Jose Shark come a month from now. No. Yes, an arbitrator still has to rule on the contract status of Evander Kane, and the arbitrator might rule that the contract was uh, voided invalid, and that he has to be returned to the Sharks, and that the Sharks now have to move him to a different team. Whoa. That's still a thing that has to play out. Okay, if you're, if that happens mm -hmm. that way, mm -hmm. if you're the Kings, Flames, and less so the Avalanche, actually, no, fuck that, he took out Nazem Kadri. So if you're the Kings, Flames, or Avalanche, do you not lose your mind at the fact that this dude was playing hockey for the Oilers when he shouldn't have been? You'd be upset at the NHL for waiting on the arbitration decision till after all of this happened. Oh, we know how speedy they are with these things. But with anything. Because <laughs> like he's still fighting for all of his money back. How don't we have an answer on this? They wanted to wait. Why? That's, that's Mr. Gear. I don't know who made the decision. I don't like when Gary, this but. when this happened, he wasn't playing hockey. Right. Well, what was the delay? I think right. this shit always just takes forever. Yeah. It's just uh, the legal, legal process, it's legal. right? It takes so I'm interested to see how that always, plays out because if if he if the contract rights are still maintained by San Jose, like they're like, okay, you didn't have a right to invalidate his contract. You still have to honor the contract. Then that cap that he was making that becomes his new deal. And then the San Jose Sharks have to move it. So they probably have to retain a lot of that money. Half, at least half. Half 50%. Well, sorry, you can only That's do the max, that. the 50%. Yeah. And then somebody gets a Vander Kane on sweetheart deal. Because what is, do you have it in front of you, Adam? Is it seven? It's seven over seven. seven. It was so a 40, $49 million deal. Yeah. Woo. So it's seven. So it's three. Somebody gets a Vander Kane for $3.5 million. And like this offseason, if they rule like, okay, the Sharks did have the right to invalidate the contract. 
I think he's signing for more than that 3.5. I think so too. I, and oh, listen, I mean, again, Jack Roslovic just got four. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's getting, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, and again, let me just say this. There's a lot of people out there and I'm, I'm with you who are like, I wouldn't want the guy on my team given, you know, every single organization he's left, it's been, it's been acrimonious when he's left, right? Like, yeah. And all the other things that are extra hockey, right? All the others, you know, we, we don't need to go through the list. I mean, on a, on a purely hockey thing, if this guy was an unrestricted free agent today without all the other stuff, this is an eight or a $9 million player a year. Yeah, he gets an upgrade on the contract he currently has because it's pretty good for his production. Honestly, you're not wrong. Yeah. So the question becomes, you know, I, I think I think that teams will probably not jump in with both feet, not every team. But I think there's some people in this league that that frankly don't care. Like you remember a couple of years ago, Slava Voinov, they was sniffing around to come back oh, in. Yeah. And I don't want to compare the two situations because they're different. But we're talking about players with massive ice off ice issues no we we talked about it like yeah off ice issues legal issues good at hockey you know that's that's the one right and and every time something like this comes up we watch teams wrestle with yeah but he's good at hockey and and the thing is with him it always starts well like all we heard out of san jose was man what a great team guy he is scores a lot of goals he's playing great man marlo and uh and joe thornton really have changed him Mm -hmm. and then you know at the end of uh, the pandemic, the second pandemic season, they're like, well, we can't, they, you know, you got players, star players going to the GM's office saying, we cannot play with this person. Yeah. Yeah. Led the playoffs in scoring, good at hockey. <laughs> Interesting. Um, something else. Shocker. Right after our episode ended, actually, on Monday. Oh, Bruce. Well, sorry, oh, you want to keep going? We, we didn't even talk about uh, dry sidle or nurse. Oh, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, we should talk about dry yeah. saddle. Under- so dry saddle had the high ankle sp- sprain. Sorry, I, I forgot. No, no, it's all good. Um, lots going on. He, that was officially announced. So I don't know if that, I don't know enough about uh, high ankle sprains to know if they would require surgery, but we do know that it affects your skating. In his case, that must have been a hell of a sprain. It at least requires you to not fucking play anymore. Um, and it, dude, I've never, I've never seen a performance like that. I, I haven't. I've never seen a player in as much pain visibly and i've never seen a player succeed through the pain like him he had four points in game four how how the fuck Mm -hmm. like he 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 struggled to the bench at the end of every single shift he was doubled over he was falling over every time he got up it looked like he it cost him something yeah and then darnell nurse who took so much shit and you know no he didn't have a very good series torn hip flexor how he didn't have a great playoffs and you nobody why torn hip flexor yeah. i didn't know i've never oh my god like just all of it gruesome sounds pretty gross too right like, like there's something about hearing torn hip flexor that makes you go Ooh. well in your hip flex, like it, it's in the front goes around to the back it's it, oh mm-hmm. god like I, I don't know i don't know how he played through that the dry side all high ankle sprain was suffered during a tussle with Los Angeles Kings defenseman Mickey Anderson in game six of round one. So since game six versus the Kings, he's been playing with that. So then there was game seven. There was the entire battle of Alberta and then the series against the Avs. You're supposed to rest your ankle. That's fucking guts right there. Oh, yeah. Let's just call it what it is. That's just guts. Well, and I wanted to say this on the stream. Everything we were ever told about European players, European-born players, like growing up and everything, and they're not as tough as us, and they're not as... Dude, 
bullshit. That's it's it's the one of the most gutsy performances I've ever seen. Well, you know, but but remember, at the time that those views were being espoused, it was one person echoing the views of a bunch of Canadians and came into being a broadcaster when Boreas Salming was at his height. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. It's like, you're just not watching. Just tell me you're not watching the game. Yeah. Well, or you're just not taking in the evidence of your eyes and ears. Yeah. Like we've, we've seen these performances over and over and over again over the years. And this, this is the most hardcore one. And you know, there's going to be people saying we shouldn't be glorifying this. I hear you. Uh, I hear you, but I don't think we are. I think we're saying that's crazy. Yeah, we're, <laughs> I'm not. I'm I'm not really saying good for Leon Dreisaitl, right? But I am saying holy shit. I think it's okay to just th- look at something and say. And holy I think shit. it's a, it's important to acknowledge. I said gutsy. I think it's important to acknowledge that 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 these players believe it's important. You yeah. wanted to play, so you know if you don't think if you think it's better for them to sit, totally you're entitled to that opinion. Leon I, doesn't. But Leon doesn't. <laughs> And I, I, I think it takes guts to play through that kind of pain. I think Absolutely. it does. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. Listen, and, and do I think it's a good idea that Patrice Bergeron played with a punctured lung? No. I don't think that's a good idea. That one's fucked. But that, it was important to Patrice Bergeron, right? Yeah. yeah and like, he, he made the choice. Something about one of your organs as a whole in it. It's fucking crazy. Like, these, I don't maybe not play. these guys, they value this in their life to the extent that they're willing to play through these injuries. Like, it's not up to us to say what they should value and what they shouldn't. They've worked their whole lives to get to the NHL level, and they say, okay, I'm here now. I'm going to play through this injury. And if a doctor medically clears me and says, I can do that, then I'm going to. Now, I would like to have a conversation with the doctor who medically could cleared a, somebody with a punctured lung to play hockey. Right. I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think we need to acknowledge. And, and also, we need to qualify these things because people automatically assume the worst. But, uh, you know, in, at the end of the day, you know, with, when it comes to these, these players and their injuries, like, yeah, play with a torn hip flexor. Ah, uh, if you want. I guess. <laughs> it makes Darnell, Darnell Nurse's performance this playoffs makes a whole lot more sense. Yes. Of course. You yes. could see he played with a torn hip flexor at yeah. some moments, you know? And it makes 11-7 make a lot more sense, too. Yeah. yeah. It makes 11-7 yeah. make a lot more sense because, uh, you know, you're, you're down this forward, that forward, that forward. I'm like, guys, are you sure mm-hmm. about this whole 11-7 thing? Oh, wait, your best one has a torn hip flexor. Yep. Yep. Unreal. Um, I want to talk to you. I do want to talk about Bruce Cassidy getting fired in Boston here because we got a couple yes, of big guests of coming course. up. So Bruce Cassidy fired. And what was interesting about this is that like this guy two years ago, like pre pandemic took them to game seven of the Stanley cup finals. Mm-hmm. He walked Mike Babcock's teams off the ice two seasons in a row that we saw as Leaf fans. You have to understand that that's, you know, that's the thing we relate to the most, but like, when the Bruins beat the Leafs in those series, they didn't just beat them. Most of the time, it felt like they were hammering. Dude, I feel like as Leaf fans, we get a special opinion on Bruce Cassidy getting fired because, like, as a person, I feel bad that this person who is a good NHL coach and grew up cheering for the Boston Bruins was fired as the head coach of the Boston Bruins. That's how I feel as a person. As a Leafs fan, where's the nearest LCBO? Let's pop bottles. Like, it, oh, the, it's good for us. The The team that has caused the Leafs so many nightmares over the Leafs just fired one of the best coaches in the league for no good reason. Hooray. Well, unless Literally the, hooray. Unless the reason is they thought Barry Trotz was the guy. Uh, I, Bruce Cassidy's in that tier, is he not? I, I thought he would have earned that. Maybe there's, 
Is there a is there a, a, a disagreement between Don Don uh, Sweeney and, and Cam Neely? I almost called him Don Neely. <laughs> Based um, on what Don Sweeney said, I 100% understand the firing because uh, it sounds like uh, Sweeney lost the room. Says uh, You mean Cassidy lost the room? Ca- sorry, Cassidy lost the room. Uh, he said, Sweeney said after the, during his press conference, he said, I, I felt both the message and how it was being delivered and more importantly, maybe how it was being received Young and old, players felt they were very well prepared, but young and old, at times, they struggled. Sometimes that's the voice in their head. Cassidy lost the, the room with the guys. Did he what or he did saying, they not replace the, the, the core? At, did they not adequately, adequately replace the core that they had in 2011 that they rode for 10 years? Is it that he lost mm-hmm. the room mm-hmm. or did they... You know, Zidane Chara is gone. Tuka Rask is gone. David Krejci is gone. They've had some good pickups. Um, Charlie Coyle and Taylor Hall and that sort of thing. But you've watched, you've watched a lot of players walk out the door. So, Jesse, I'm not taking issue with what you said. But I'm, I'm questioning, you know, like, and, and Jake DeBrusque requesting a trade. And then they sort of brought him back into the fold. And the fact that you had 11, 12, and 13 in a draft. And only one of those players is currently playing for you. Like, I wonder, is, is this... I mean, is it the team? Did he lose the room or is the team just not as good? No, I look at the roster and I say that's a roster full of great guys who could make the playoffs and that he didn't get them up to where they should be. Second line center, Eric Halla. That's a tough one, man. Look at the wingers around them. They're elite. Great wingers. Second line, wing, or second line center, Eric Halla. It's not a championship. Uh, it's it's not and the other thing i would say is that doesn't mean that they're not a second round or a third round team nope and i i'm so glad that boston has high standards that's amazing but what i what i do want to ask is this and i didn't watch enough boston games to know sometimes you get a coach and we saw this with Dwayne casey with the raptors where they have a system it works really well and then somebody figures out their system especially in a seven game series and they don't adjust the system i have heard bruins fans complain about that a little bit and I'm wondering if that had something to do with it. Maybe they didn't see this team as a Stanley Cup winning team, but maybe they did think, well, we certainly didn't perform to our level. Well, and that's, in the, that's the mission, though, is winning the Cup. And we look at them and go, why would you do that? It's a really good team. It's an extremely good team. And the Bruins are looking at it like, yeah, but it's not going to win a Cup. So we're going to change it up. We're going to get a different coach. I would imagine they're going to get a coach um, who's... Ideally, you would get a coach known for developing players, and I think they might rebuild here a little bit, or at very least tinker. Retool? Retool, yeah, it could be a retool. Like, watching them fully tear it down would be unexpected, but you're heading into an offseason where there's rumors of pastor not getting traded. I don't think I believe that, because if you're looking to get better in the future, I don't see how you get better trading David Pasternak. Marshan's going to miss the first little bit with injury. Bergeron might be might not be back at all. McAvoy's going to miss the first little bit uh, with injury. I think Grizzlick and uh, Mike Riley. Uh, Mike Riley, thank you very much. First of all, that's like half your defense. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, your most significant winger who isn't David Pasternak. So I here's yeah. what I, what I find hard about that though, and I'm I apologize, Jesse. I'll, uh, I, if they're going to retool, Felino just got a four year deal, didn't he? 
Yeah, but and, that was last year's decision. And Hampus Lindholm, trade deadline, eight-year extension. Felino's deal was four years. I thought it was. I thought it was. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Maybe. Uh, No, Nick Felino is a UFA oh. after next season. Are you oh, thinking okay. Marcus? Maybe that's what I thought. Okay. But but Hampus Lindholm, eight-year contract that's extension. That's a great player. Who's 28. You know, the, the back end of those contracts are never ideal, but you're no. paying for 28 through 33. Right, so that doesn't say rebuild to me. Yeah, I don't. That's, see, what, that, that's I don't, what I'm saying. I don't see though, rebuild. That, oh. I think that's that's why this firing is. Hey, we're still trying to compete. <clears throat> we need to we need to get better and we need to get better quickly. And this guy that we have right now isn't getting these players to play at 100 percent of their potential. We need somebody else who can do that. Hmm. Man, I'm looking at the cap friendly page that you have up. Uh, not a ton of UFAs this year. A shitload next year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's one more year. We got to go for it. We haven't got a choice here. Yeah. yeah because- and if Bergeron, you'll see if Bergeron's back. Maybe you get him for one more time. Sign him to a one-year de- deal and do it one more time. Last ride. Yeah. Because yeah. next year, I think it's Hamster Huey and the Gooey Kablooey. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> what? I've never heard of that before. I think it's a, it's a fictional book from the Calvin and Hobbes universe. Okay. Well, I'm looking at their highest played players here. So Pasternak, obviously, uh, is the highest paid on the forwards. But here's, I want to run you just through the ages. Marchand, 34. Hall, 30. Coyle, 30. DeBrus, 25. Felino, 34. Smith, 32. Halla, 31. Nosek, 29. Wagner, 31. A lot of threes. Their defense looks a little better. McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, and Grizzlick are at least 28, but the other two are 24 and 25, so that's all right. But I mean, yeah, they've got some decisions to make it forward. Young and Net. Yeah. Yeah. And Linus Olmark's. That's good. They're, your goaltending is too good to be bad. Yeah, they're going to be a fascinating one to watch this offseason because people are talking rebuild. Nah, it's not a rebuild. So if Cassidy's not the guy, who's the guy? Man, I have no idea because... It doesn't seem like a Trotz team, does it? Well, Trotz is really good at squeezing blood from a stone and getting the most out of teams that... Like, let's, let's be honest. When that team takes the ice, unless... They make some significant moves this offseason and add some big guys in free agency. The roster on paper is going to be underwhelming. Like mm-hmm. we're we're going to look at them and we're not going to expect very much of them. And Barry Trotz took a team that on paper should have finished last <laughs> and dragged them to the playoffs. Um, and had a great a great end to the year. Yeah, didn't start well, but they had a great end. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I'm talking when he joined the. Office. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. Sorry. They should have. They should have been under the basement. They they were garbage. Yep. And look at look at what happened to them. I, I to me, trots to uh Winnipeg is a foregone conclusion. I think it's happening. But uh like <laughs> I need to know what the Bruins are thinking to figure out who the replacement for Cassidy is gonna be because I if it to me it didn't make sense to fire him in the first place, and I'm having trouble wrapping my head around making the Bruins better without him what did you say about the uh Bruins second line center you don't like it i don't like it what's a team that uh works their way to the stanley cup final with a very underwhelming name at first line center uh Uh, the montreal Montreal canadians Canadians. well no deno's pretty good vegas golden knights ladies and gentlemen pete DeBoer. oh new head coach of the boston bruins that's what my guess is interesting did vegas hire a replacement for him no, they're still uh, on the list of teams that need coaches. Bruce Cassidy to Vegas. A little swappy swaps. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Something. I still think I still think in, in terms of uh what 
what team Barry Trotz could do the most with, I still think it's Vegas, but I, mm-hmm. I think he just. That's what a pick. Yeah, from a life standpoint, he wants to go home. Yeah. yeah. And why wouldn't you? By the way, the Gerard Gallant fans, everybody in PEI is screaming at you, Jesse, right now, because it was Gerard Gallant that took them to the finals, I believe. And then. And oh, he, oh, she was there. Yeah, yeah. I just don't want to piss off Prince Edward Island. Yeah, yeah. You know how mad they get. You know what's really funny? Adam said that, and I pointed at Jesse. I went, oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I pointed at Jesse. My bad. Oh, shit. He he got, you're right. He Western, got the, uh, Western the Conference 19, Finals or whatever. The 1920 21. Yes. It was three years or two years it was there. Two and a half. Vegas took over halfway through the year. Vegas has like the storied legacy of a team that's been around for 50 years. (laughs) And and this is like what? Five? Six? Um, The list of teams, by the way, that need a coach. Vegas, Philly, Boston, Dallas, Winnipeg, Detroit. If you're Philly. Technically Edmonton, but. If you're Philly. That's who you throw your wallet at. Well, no, for sure. But if you're Philly. Name those teams one more time, Jesse. Vegas, Philly, Boston, Dallas, Winnipeg, Detroit. Of all the teams on that list, the team I would want to coach least is the Philadelphia Flyers. Man. They are a fucking mess. The rest of those teams, you could do something with. But if you're the coach like that, that is straight. And I, nothing, no offense to the guy because he, he coached the Lightning and he coached the, um, uh, he coached the Senators and was almost the Leafs coach until the Leafs got Babcock. You know who I'm talking about. Guy Boucher. I think Guy Boucher. Guy Boucher to me screams Flyers. Because Guy Boucher is a better coach than people give him credit for, and he's coming back into the league somewhere. Guy Boucher, and, and I don't think Trotz or Cassidy wants to manage whatever the hell the Flyers are doing. One of Guy Boucher's most embarrassing moments as an NHL coach happened in Philly. What happened? That was the, uh, or against Philly. That was the, remember that game when Guy Boucher was the lightning coach and the lightning would not cross the offensive blue line when the Flyers had the puck? <laughs> so the Flyers just stood there? Yes. They just stood there with the puck. And they did it several times. The fans kept booing them and booing them. And, oh, they're going to love them in Philly. Um, the reason I was pinching the bridge of my nose <laughs> is I figured out where Bruce Cassidy's going. And it's going to work really well. And it's going to be extremely frustrating. Are we going to hate this? Or are we going to like this? Well, because you know what? Good coach leaves the division. Good news for the Leafs. Mm-hmm. He's going to Detroit. I got another name for you. Eisenman's going to scoop them up. They even talk alike and look alike. What do you got, Jesse? Who's, who's your pick for, for Detroit? Cassidy. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Steve, are you kidding me? No, I'm, I'm serious as a heart attack. Sergey Fedorov is getting a lot of play as the new head coach of the Detroit Red Wings right now. He's coaching the KHL, isn't he? There's a Vegas sports book that's setting him at the best odds to be the next head coach of the Detroit no. Red Wings. And there's a I lot of rumors. Listening. There's a lot of rumors that Eisman and Fedorov have been talking. This is Eisman's first choice as a new head coach since he became uh, GM of the Red Wings. And his, his resume is decent. Uh, GM of CSKA Moscow. And then he was uh, head coach of the KHL team last season. And the rumor is he wants to transition to the NHL and get a job. Whoa. And the rumor is that Eisman, his buddy, Wants to give him the head coach of the Detroit Red Wings. We don't, I don't, there's, they don't know how it's going to play out, but there's been discussions. Here's what needs to happen though. If Fedorov's going to do that, he is only allowed to take the ice in his white Nike skates from the late 90s. <laughs> yes. The all white Nike skates. You, re- you all remember what I'm talking about yeah. with the big swoosh on them that everybody wanted. I don't even know if they were good quality skates. Doesn't matter. He has to wear them. 
And then oh. Nike bailed out of hockey apparel. Yeah. Or hockey equipment. Or Yeah, because they're ba- Bauer now, Nike Bauer. Yeah. In, yeah. Okay. And in, in typical Avs versus Red Wings fashion, Patrick Waugh gets behind the bench <laughs> and he goes, I'm changing the game. I'm pulling the goalie with five, six, seven, eight, nine minutes to go because I don't give a shit and I got the biggest balls in the world. And then Fedorov joins the head coaching world in typical Detroit fashion and does it even better. He goes... I'm pulling the goalie in overtime. That's what he got a reputation for this year in the KHL. We talked about that, remember? Yeah. He was like, you know what? If we get an offensive zone drop, pulling the goalie in overtime, and damn it, if it didn't work more than once. You absolute mad lad, Sergei Fedorov. I, I, you know I what? Give me full chaos. Uh, Russian hockey player as a head coach isn't the worst thing, too, because apparently the way the Russians... Uh, coach is they skate you, skate you, skate you, skate you, skate you, skate you. Mm. So I would expect, because we haven't had a lot of Russian coaches in North America. Have we had any? I'm sure we've uh, had a couple. I can't name any right now. Um, none I can isn't that of. So that's fucking weird too, right? But if we had a, a guy like, like Fedorov, who was known for his playmaking, known for his skating, he was unbelievable at everything. I mean, I he feel like any... Heart, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Mm. Any team that's under Fedorov is going to skate. And I just, I wonder if you see like a, 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 a team like Detroit who can skate you into the ground anyway, just kind of take a step on that if he goes after it. Mm. That would be very cool. I would love to see him. Yeah. It's, so it's one of those ones where, yeah, our team used to have past glory and we got a former player as the GM and a former <laughs> player as the coach and oh, we got some yeah. former players in scouting and... Yeah. You just got to be careful. Like uh, you don't want to build the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> well, they just went to the third freaking round. That's true. Yeah, yeah. It's maybe you do. Maybe you do want to build the Edmonton <laughs> Oilers. And who's there? Ken Holland, Detroit. Yeah. All they do is piss excellence. <laughs> God damn it, Hockey Town, USA. <laughs> Let's go, Minnesota. Never heard of them. Yeah, I, you know what? I had Bruce Cassidy going there. No, no. Sign me up for the chaos. Model. Yeah, Thank let's you. go, baby. Yes. Better off to Detroit. Absolutely. Oh, Steve Eisenman loves going, uh, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, okay, cool. Fuck what you think. <laughs> like, I remember Moritz Sider was a stupid pick at six. Everyone mm-hmm. was like, what? that's so far off the board. What are you thinking? Rookie of the year. Yeah, hopefully. Well, hopefully? Yeah. I, I Once again, I will take... From the chaos menu, Michael Bunting. <laughs> but it's probably going to be cider, let's be honest. Uh, lastly, before we get into, uh, we're obviously Harrison Brown is on today. Um, Marie-Philippe Poulin, hired as a consultant by the Habs. Um, and I feel like this is going to be, you know, she could do whatever she wants after this is over. But why would you not? Well, like, the Habs have been relentless in their pursuit of getting her in the organization. And they're just... There has not been a fit for her. Like she said, I think she wants to play for three or four more years. Ooh. Another Olympics? She's another she, Olympics. She, I will take that. She signed up for the next Olympic cycle. She's trying to do it in Thank four years. God. Yeah. Excellent. Maybe play in a league, you know, mm-hmm. you never know. Um, but this gets her involved with the Montreal Canadiens immediately. It's, I don't want to call it an apprenticeship, but it's very obviously. I don't know the proper term, a warm-up job for something bigger later. I think in the release it said part-time position. It is. Did it it does say that. Yeah. Part-time player development consultant. They made it very clear that uh, MPP is a very busy person, that yeah. hockey's still number one, and that if we want to get her into this organization, we need to give her a part-time position. The most storied franchise in the sport. 
is bending over backwards <laughs> yeah. to get her into the fold. And it's, it just, I don't think people understand the gravity of Marie Philippe Poulain, mm-hmm. the gravitational pull. I think sometimes with art, the artist is only appreciated after, after the career, in, in, in actual high art, it's like, well, they're dead. Marie, for, Marie Philippe Poulain <laughs> is not, I know that's hilarious. But she's not going to be appreciated until 10 years from now, the way she should be. I love it. I That's love a, good a serious thing. That is, that is what it is. No, uh, why? Well, I, I actually kind of think she's a rare example of uh, a player whose greatness is being acknowledged while they're still playing. You, act, you think proportional to her greatness. No, probably That's not. That's what I'm trying to say. Is that what about Van no Gogh? Way. I mean, we never are. Van Gogh. Well. <laughs> you see? You know? You see? <laughs> Adam made a great point. Guys, great point, Adam. <laughs> it was okay. I'll be honest. It wasn't the greatest point I've ever made. Uh, might be top ten bad ones, but the point I'm trying to oh, say Adam, is that no, it's not. I think sometimes in hindsight, there's lots more about. We it. didn't realize how good we had it, right? And I think that's what's going to be happening happening with MPP is that as she transitions into a management role or player development, where player development still management, um, whatever it is she wants to be, she can be. But I don't know if we're going to appreciate her on the ice. Um, until like 10 years from now, we're like, holy shit, look at all those records. Yeah, it is. She's She does have one of the most cast iron resumes there are. I mean. Well, how many goals was it at the last, the last like Olympics or something? Like, or championship lot. games? It was like at, of the last 10, like 10 goals scored. She had like seven or eight of them or something. It was like the last six game winning goals. Oh, you yeah. know, yeah. something like, like even stupider than you could even imagine. 2010, you know? <laughs> Canada won the gold medal 2 nothing. She had both goals. Mm-hmm. And that was how many Olympics ago? Like, dude, yeah, she's spectacular. And the the Habs, uh, you know, it's supposed to be, that's where you bust your ass and, and after years of sacrifice, get your dream job. And they're the ones endlessly pursuing her. I, I think that should give everyone pause. If you didn't know, now you know. Can I ask you this? Are we for the first time in the history of this podcast seeing the Montreal Canadiens management group become likable? I would say <laughs> that this probably doesn't come to pass if Bergeron still or Bergeron Bergevin uh, still there, and that this is a been spearheaded by Kent Hughes, and we should applaud him for doing that. Absolutely. I mean, it. I think if Bergevin was still there, it would be you have to agree with me, or I won't hire you. That's sort of how we ran things. And Jeff Gordon. Um, with, with the Rangers doing so well, a lot of Habs fans are looking at that and they're like, we built that team. Everyone's talking about the Zibanejad trade. I wonder who made that trade. Go Ranger. Not you, as they point at Chris Kreider. <laughs> Go Ranger. Not you. How dare you? Screw you forever. Um, it's, it's an interesting, um, I, I mean, we did it when the Leafs were finishing last. We're like, all right, what? that we're not involved in, can we take pride in? <laughs> <laughs> and they found it. That we, we listen, there it was some dark times. We had to, we had to hold on to some stuff. Yeah, if the Rangers hoist the cup, you get to go, yay, and go like this, and just cover your face when Chris Kreider hoists it, and then yay. If, if, or if Montreal Canadian fans are looking back on like this season, they have a lot to be happy about uh, in terms of what Gorton and Hughes have done. Like mm-hmm. they've been, they've had a very impressive 
quick rebuild here. Mm-hmm. Like tanking is, as we all know, tanking is a slog, and you got to take pride in everything. And I think there's a lot to be happy about if you're a Canadians fan going into this off season. Habs MVP this season, Andrew Berkshire. <laughs> the fact that he was able to get through this entire damn season doing a video after yeah. every game. It's not too easy, is it? No, St. Louis, not. also not uh, head coach yet. No. No, they just signed him, didn't they? Oh, that, oh did they? That deal they just, yeah, Should it, I like, miss that just, Dude, there's been like a... Like ago? There's been an avalanche of mm-hmm. news, uh, you see, because they made it to the Stanley like Cup final. Ah. Um, no, they uh, they just locked up uh, Thunder Thighs there. Oh, one week ago, yeah. I missed yeah, that. God. Pen to paper on a th- three-year contract. <laughs> the, the god of quad. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yo... That's a that's fucking leg day. You got to look it up. Look up Martin St. Louis legs. Just do it. I think everyone's seen that photo. Have they? Well, I still think it's worth looking at. Go look at if it you again. you haven't seen that photo, tweet us and let us know. Make make it the background on your computer. So we are going to bring on... <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Well, it'll <laughs> remind you to stand up every 15 minutes. Okay, um, here you go. Here it is, everybody. Look at that shit. Look here. at that shit. Martin is it on the screen? Yes, it is. His shorts don't need to be hiked up like that. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> They don't need to, right? Why? It looks like his... I see your tan line. What the fuck are they doing up there? It looks like his quads are going to eat his kneecap. It looks like they're like a, like a slowly going to devour the rest of his leg. That's how thick they are. His knees look like the aliens from Mars Attacks. Remember? <laughs> yes. It's yes. <laughs> the, yes. giant... It doesn't look real. He looks like an Olympic cyclist. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Now I'm Crazy. not going to be able to unsee it. Someone please Photoshop the aliens from Mars attacks onto Martin St. Louis quads. Um, Harry, okay, so we've got a couple of great guests today. Uh, Harrison Brown, obviously, uh, in celebration of Pride Month and obviously talking about a little bit about Harrison's story and where we still need to go. So that's coming up right now. And then right after that, Sit Six Zero is coming on. And it's funny, uh, uh, we were talking about the Canada soccer issue. Uh, Sid has been... Uh, all over this, and I and I know Calm, he's cool and collected. Yeah, of course, as he's known to be, mm. chomping at the bit. I think to talk about, it, and he happens to be on vacation this week, so he's coming on our show to talk about it. So we're so excited. So have a listen and enjoy. 